Welcome back to the Russell Street Replay, a recap podcast dedicated to breaking down every single Baltimore Ravens game this season. Uh, With me today, I have Darren McCann, one of our Russell Street Report contributors. Darren, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a good week to talk Ravens. Definitely. A big 34-6 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. And, you know, I got to say, my you know, my first big question of this podcast is how surprised were you at the way the Ravens played on Sunday? Very surprised. I, defensively, especially, I think they uh, kind of redeemed themselves after the Colts fiasco. And then I think they just played smart football the rest of the way and kind of rode it out till the clock ran out. So it was a good, solid win. And I was not expecting one that convincing. Yeah. And what do you think, you know, that win says about the Ravens' place in the NFL. We can just talk about the AFC. Where do you rank them in the AFC? I think you got to look at Buffalo has been the most consistent from beginning to this point, but I think the Ravens are right there, and I think the Ravens can give Buffalo a game this year. They've shown they can win a lot of different ways, right? Yeah, and that's got to be my prediction for the AFC Championship at this point with you know the Chiefs and Chargers not looking as sharp as they were last year and the Ravens having beaten both those teams already, I think they'll have a good shot at uh, facing the bills in the playoffs. But one of the big highlights of this game was the defense. One thing that, you know, Tony and I had talked about on a previous podcast was how the defense was kind of underwhelming so far this year. Do you feel like the defense really arrived with this game? I think getting Elliot back kind of did a little springboard effect that let Stevens move into that Jack of all trades role, move Jimmy over where he could play against receivers and tight ends. It was a good thing. I, I think it's a good building block to see this defense come back. Yeah, absolutely. Against a good offense. But I, I do agree that I don't think this uh, solidifies the defense yet. I think it's something to build off of. I want to see this again from them week in, week out, playing a pretty good Bengals offense next week. So I'm excited to see kind of what we do against Burrow and that and that Cincinnati offense. My, uh, my final big question is probably the biggest one, which is based on what you've seen from the team so far this season, can the Ravens win this year's Super Bowl? Do you think they're capable? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there was a point in training camp there where there was a big black cloud over the team, but they seem to be shaking it off. And, and like I said, they just have so many ways they can beat a team now. You stop Lamar, well, they got other ways to, to win. You, uh, you blow up the defense, Lamar can go off. You know, it's just – yeah, they can win it all. They could lose first round. Who knows? Yeah, but I think they've definitely shown that they're a, they're a contender. I think last year at this point in the season, you know, the Ravens weren't playing as sharp as they, as they were in 2019. And so a lot of people started to write them off around this time of last season, and it kind of feels like it's heading the other direction. A lot of buzz about them being one of the best teams in the NFL, especially after beating the Chargers, who coming into this game were considered to be, you know, also one of the best teams in the NFL. So uh, moving on to our, our categories uh, for this podcast, I want to start by asking you, who do you think was the Raven of the game this week? Uh, I, I'm going to go with Marlon Humphrey. I, I thought he did a nice job being physical with those tough receivers. Didn't see him get really beat downfield at all. It just, he just set a tone outside that I think carried over to the whole secondary. Yeah, and I think that's really encouraging to see after, you know, last week where it just felt like the defense couldn't buy a stop, you know, allowing the Colts to march down the field pretty much every drive. You know, I also found, you know, listing the rest of my nominees, uh, running back Devonta Freeman, 53 yards and a touchdown um, on nine carries. Good production from him, which is nice to see, especially because we weren't sure about his um, presence in the ground game coming in. 
this week. Mark Andrews with another solid week, five catches, 68 yards and a touchdown. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Humphrey played really well and seemed to be all over the field. You know, he's always been one of the more solid tacklers in the secondary. And I think that was a big thing that the Ravens did well on Sunday, which was finishing plays and making those tackles. And I think Deshaun Elliott and Josh Bynes were really instrumental in that too. Elliott had the first interception of his career um, against the Chargers and Josh Bynes, a Ravens throwback a middle linebacker who just felt like he solidified that position, kind of been in a bit of turmoil this season as well. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Absolutely. I think I'd have to give this one to Elliot. Just a great game, especially coming back from an injury and flying around the field, making plays everywhere. He had a sack as well as that interception. Really, really doing a good job kind of bringing this defense back from a somewhat lackluster start to the season. Moving on to unit of the game, this one I felt like really focused on the defense. I felt like the offense played well, but it was really the defense just controlling the game, and that really propelled the Ravens to this victory. I thought the defensive backs as a whole played really well. We already mentioned two of them in Humphrey and and Elliott. The defensive line was completely dominant against the Chargers' offensive line in the run game especially Calais Campbell Uh, and the outside linebackers did a good job of getting Herbert off his throwing platform and forcing him to make plays on the run that he is not necessarily the best thrower on the run. He's still kind of developing that NFL level ability to extend plays. Yeah, I agree with you. And and I'd like to single out that linebacking crew. Even before Queen went down, he made a couple nice tackles that we hadn't seen from him to this point. Um, Bynes, is, he's a pro. He's a Raven. I think I'd read today he's won 15 straight regular season games with the Ravens or something. He's just, well, let's keep him there as a mascot, if nothing else. But yeah, every level of the defense could be picked for this. Yeah, it definitely seems like a lucky charm. And it's interesting that the defense played so well, despite all the injuries on that side of the ball as well. Marcus Peters, Chris Westry, Derek Wolf. One of the team's best run stoppers, still not with the team. And they really came up with a big win against a really talented Chargers offense. I think for me personally, I'd have to give this one to the defensive backs, especially after they got gashed last week by the Colts and Carson Wentz. Doing a great job to bounce back against a passing attack that features Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, two very good receivers, as well as Justin Herbert, who's been throwing the ball better than as well as pretty much anyone this season. Yeah, and Jared Cook's a sneaky good tight end. He's always good for two or three of those catches a day that seem to gut you, but they did a nice job overall. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to play of the game, you know, this was kind of an interesting Ravens game because there weren't a ton of those crazy highlight plays that you're used to. No deep bombs. The Chargers were really focused on dropping back in coverage to prevent Jackson from racking up 400 passing yards again. And so the Ravens just kind of took what the offense, what the Chargers defense gave them. So not, not a whole lot of highlights on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Those rushing touchdowns were nice to see. It was nice to see all three of the running backs score. But for me, the highlights mostly came on the defense side of the ball. Like I said, Deshaun Elliott had an interception that was kind of a classic Baltimore interception to me, just fighting for the ball with the receiver. Um, And then Justin Houston getting his 99th and a half sack. He's just half a sack away from 100. It was really nice to see him come alive for two games in a row. Um, What was your play of the game this week? It was Elliott's pick. I I thought the fact that he was running away from the quarterback down that seam and he was able to locate the ball and wrestle it away. It was just a really athletic and headsy play. Um, So that would be my pick. Yeah. Yeah. Something we're used to seeing from Baltimore safeties um, and haven't seen as much. I feel like in the last 
maybe two or three years, even when Earl Thomas was here, he was not the same ball hawk that he was in Seattle. And so it's nice to see Elliott actually finish a turnover. I feel like the Ravens have gotten close to a lot of turnovers this year, but have been able to finish precious few of them. So good job to hang on to the ball all the way through that play. Lamar Jackson also gave us some of his normal magic uh, with that uh, first and 20 run, yeah. completely eliminating a holding call. I mean, normally a holding call is, is just a drive ender. That 10 yards is so hard for the offense to make up. And Jackson just, you know, took the ball, scrambled all the way down the field. Um, you know, what do you think that says about his ability to just be present no matter the situation? He, that, that's exactly what it is. He's the guy who can just make up for mistakes. He's a guy who can win a tight game with one electrifying play. And that play was so important because they were up seven to nothing and marching again. And then they get the holding penalty and you're like, here we go. They're going to keep them in the game. And he just flipped the script with one, <laughs> one crazy run through the heart of their defense and out of bounds safely. Right. Yeah. It was, it was great. Yeah, completely tore up their defense and kind of that whole taking what the defense gives you made up just focused on making as smart decisions throughout the game, handed the ball off a lot, which I don't think we were necessarily expecting given how brilliant he's been this season. But when the defense is loading up against the pass and dropping everyone back in coverage and sticking a player to spy on Lamar every time he runs a read option, then the best thing you can do is just hand the ball off and take the numbers advantage on the other side of the field. Amen. So the uh, back to practice award, a position group that needs to step it up in a specific area. This was tough to come up with after this game. I felt like everyone played really well. And even the Ravens good wins this year have featured a lot of missed tackles. Something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, something that's been talked a lot by pretty much everyone who follows the Ravens, not an issue this week. They were really solid in their tackling uh, against the Chargers. The only thing I could come up with is that the offensive line allowed eight pressures, but Hey, that's against a really good chargers pass rush. Uh, anything you notice that you want the Ravens to improve on this week? No. In fact, I came to the same conclusion. I said offensive line, but I thought they did a nice job. Uh, the one thing I liked, even when they got kind of beat, they pushed the guys upfield and that allowed Lamar to step up into a pretty clean pocket. It, it was a good game. Hard to really gripe with much here. Yeah, it's hard to really point at someone, you know, and say, you need to go work on this specific thing. It yeah. didn't seem like anyone was making the same mistakes over and over again. I think we saw Anthony Avery get beat on one of those comeback routes this week, but not on any others. And he also, he generally had a really solid game, um, a real bounce back week for him after a tough showing against Indianapolis. And pretty much across the board, the only thing I might say is you don't want Jackson to make those kind of just completely missing a, a linebacker in underneath coverage, uh, which he did on his first interception. He, you know, he talked about after the game and said he just didn't see the linebacker. And that's something that's going to happen from time to time, but you'd prefer it didn't, I guess. And, you know, Rashad Bateman, who I think we're, we'll get to in a second here with our newcomer award as well, that, that drop is something that you don't want to see too much, especially when it leads to an interception. But again, those are all one-time mistakes. It's really hard to point at something and say the Ravens did this poorly in the game. Uh, moving on to our newcomer of the week award. And I realized that uh, Josh Bynes doesn't actually qualify for this award because he's not a newcomer. He's been a Raven before. Uh, otherwise, I think he'd easily run away with it. I listed Brandon Stevens and Rashad Bateman, two rookies that really delivered this week, as well as the veteran running back. It's a trio this week of Latavius Murray, Freeman, who we already mentioned, and Le'Veon Bell, all of whom scored touchdowns. Who do you think is the new addition that most helped the Ravens this week? I, I go with Bateman. I, I think he had four first down catches. 
uh, even the play that <laughs> clunked off his chest, he beat his man quick off the line. And, and that's just going to be important. That's going to move those safeties up there to have to deal with, and that's going to let Hollywood get down the field. It's it just he showed what he can bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there was a lot of excitement about his debut and a lot of questions about how much the Ravens used him. He ended up playing the second most snaps of any wide receiver. You know, that definitely had to do with Sammy Watkins' absence, but still shows a lot of confidence in the rookie and continued to see the field even after that drop that led to an interception, which those of us who follow the Ravens know that players, sometimes when they mess up in a game, they end up in Harbaugh's doghouse for a little while, and that didn't seem to be an issue with Bateman. Like you mentioned, four catches, all for four first downs, including a couple plays where he put in every bit of effort after the catch to make sure he got to the sticks. I think that says a lot about his mentality coming into his first NFL game after missing the first five. I, I have to agree. He's definitely the newcomer of the week, and I'm sure the Ravens will be hoping that he ends up being their newcomer of the season if he can really build on this performance. You mentioned him coming off the line really well. I felt like he was open on a lot of these short routes, versatile out of the slot as well. So really, really well, really well played by him this whole week. I actually wanted to add a new award, Unsung Hero of the Week, because I realized when watching some film from this week that we don't necessarily talk about um, a lot of kind of these unsung heroes. Uh, Patrick Ricard is one that step, uh, that that immediately jumps to mind uh, for me this week was huge in getting the Ravens running game back on track, even though the Chargers have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Ricard just seemed to be seemed to be lead blocking every single positive game for the Ravens. Eric Tomlinson, uh, the tight end who's mainly a blocker for the Ravens, played really well as well. Uh, didn't see the field necessarily as much, but when he was in the game, it just felt like he was always doing his job really well. And for a guy who's a depth piece, a depth blocking tight end, that's the most that you can possibly ask is that he just blocks the man in front of him. And I felt like he did a good job with that. Any other guys that you feel like are kind of unsung heroes this week? You know, I thought it was interesting. Miles Boykin basically took out two guys on Le'Veon Bell's run. Um, It's unfortunate you have to talk about blocking skills with a highly drafted receiver, but it it is an impact and that helped on that play. And Chuck Clark every week, I just can't say enough good things. His season has just been phenomenal. And you saw him orchestrating everything again this week. He's just a good player. Yeah, we actually forgot to mention him shutting down that screen really at the beginning of the game really set the tone for the Ravens defense. Because one thing that I've noted in my tale of the tape pieces in the past is that this defense is aggressive and that's great, but sometimes it just pushes them to being too aggressive and they get beat by screens a lot. That's something I felt like they were really solid against today. Something they clearly prepared for um, was these screens that are good that have historically done a better job of beating their blitzes, but they didn't overcommit to plays. And that play with Chuck, that Chuck Clark is a great example of just how cerebral of a player he is. I think he's probably the most underrated player in the entire NFL. Actually, I think he's, he's just so good and he would do really well on pretty much any team. And I think that just speaks volumes about his preparation because he's not necessarily the best athlete on the field, but he seems to know where the ball is going even before anyone in the offense does. So definitely think he is he is a good unsung hero for this week. Moving on to Mile High Miracle, ridiculous Ravens moment of the week. You know, the Ravens tend to be in a lot of these wild games this season. They had a interception off a helmet this season, field goal blocks, a 66-yarder, the whole gamut. But it felt like there was nothing crazy that happened this week. The team just took care of business. Like you said, when we started the podcast, a pretty a relatively uh, quiet affair, any Big plays that caught your eye? 
I, I thought Duvernay's kickoff return to get them into a short field there was big. Um, but you're right. It, it was good, solid football. Nothing really fluky about this game. It was just uh, – I thought Duvernay gave him a little spark there with that kickoff, but that was about it. Yeah, and that's something he's, he's done quite a few times this season. I think the Ravens have really found a solid returner. And he's featured well in the passing game. It's really nice to have a receiver who you can rely on to be that returner who doesn't need to be a featured receiver who's playing every snap with your offense. But when he does play on the offense, he is a threat. He's a, he was a threat coming uh, um, around on some of these jet sweeps because he's, re- he's a really good runner. And I felt like that was really smart usage of DuVernay throughout the game. Other than that, like you said, clean game. Nothing crazy that happened. No miracles the Ravens needed this week, which was actually kind of a relief. Another thing that uh, I was thinking about after the game was how I was actually relaxed. My heart wasn't beating at a thousand beats a minute because of the Ravens for once this season. Moving on to our head scratcher category, uh, which we award to the worst decision, whether it be by a player, coach, or referee uh, this game. What do you think was the worst decision against the Chargers? You you could say the ref could have called a late hit flag on the play when Lamar went out of bounds. That was close. I could have seen that either way. I, I think Roman kind of got away from the run there in the second quarter a little bit. But again, without seeing the all 22, I don't know what the defense was giving him up at that point either. So again, very few complaints about this game. Yeah. And you know, that, uh, that decision to run the ball or run the ball a little bit less in the second quarter, you know, I was kind of ready for, you know, the Twitter hounds to go after Greg Roman again. They love doing that every time the Ravens offense slows down. Uh, but I felt like he just had a good game plan start to finish against a, a, a good Chargers defense. He did a great job attacking their weaknesses in the middle of the field with a couple injuries in their secondary and their middle linebacker. And I, I totally agree. I think that should have been a call for a late hit partially because he was going for his legs. If he was, if it was a little extra shove to make sure Jackson was out of bounds, that's one thing, but diving at a quarterback's legs is usually something that gets you flagged pretty much any area of the field. But I feel like it's an especially draw a flag uh, out of bounds. And to me, that's the biggest head scratcher this week. You know, Jackson got his first roughing the passer call in two seasons last week. And it's crazy that we have to be overjoyed that referees are kind of doing their basic job and protecting quarterbacks. Um, And I totally understand that Jackson is a different weapon when he's outside of the pocket, especially, you know, defenders have to tackle a little harder because he can make them miss. But when he's out of bounds, referees need to do better about making that call. And I expect that play to be reviewed by the Ravens and sent to the NFL this week. Were there any other notes you had from this game? I I felt like it's a tough game to recap, partially because the solid win is a great thing, but it also means there was just kind of less excitement. It was more marching the ball down the field. Uh, was there anything else you noticed from this game you want to talk about? I saw a stat that they gave up four yards of offense in the third quarter. And I thought that <laughs> I don't know where that fits into the podcast, but that just has to be mentioned at some point. That's phenomenal. I mean, if the Ravens keep pulling off performances like this, they seem to have a mind blowing stat every week. So we might have to start at a new mind blowing stat of the week category because right. that's big being able to shut down the chargers in the third quarter and really open up that lead, I think was huge. Because going into the fourth quarter, the Ravens had a pretty clear game plan of we're going to get the ball. We're going to take six minutes at least off the clock with every drive. Really did that for the entire second half. And that's something that I feel like we haven't seen since the 2019 Ravens, where they would get out to a lead early and just dominate you with short passes, 
and runs until you decided to stack the box, which is when Jackson's going to get going to hit Hollywood on one of those breakaway touchdowns. Something that I just feel like we haven't seen since 2019. You know, the other, a couple other things I noticed from this game, you know, one was just a general setting the tone early from the defense. We mentioned that Clark, uh, Clark shutting down that screen. And it just felt like the defense was motivated from the beginning to not have a repeat performance against the Colts. And I think that also speaks volumes about Harbaugh's preparation and coaching. I think he does a great job motivating this team. I think he's one of the best motivators in the entire NFL because he just gets his guys to give him the best in every game. And I'm sure this week he and Wink talked a lot about getting defense prepared for a good Chargers offense. And I wasn't even expecting them to put up this good of a performance. It's still a little unbelievable to me. Yeah, and in fact, those three defensive linemen got after it right at the beginning of the game. Matabike got a hit on Herbert early. Uh, Brandon Williams blew up a run play that made me laugh sitting on my couch. And uh, Campbell seems to just cut through out of nowhere at least once a half and just destroy something. Yeah, Campbell, I noted last night, he played 44 snaps. The man is a 35-year-old defensive lineman. He played 44 snaps and dominated for almost every single one of them. Just a singularly impressive guy. He came to the Ravens, and we were expecting him to be this this world beater that he had been in the past, and we just didn't see that much pop from him. But I actually think if we went back and watched some of those games again, we would see how big of an impact he actually has on this team. It's just showing up a little bit more on the stat sheet this week, and he's got a couple more highlight plays. But I think if you went back and looked, you'd see him – taking out blocks and setting up his teammates as well as pretty much anyone else in the NFL has done it. He's done it for a long time too. So definitely just a fantastic game from him. And you mentioned Matabuke and Brandon Williams, who is one of the most confusing players because there are some weeks where he is completely absent. He, you know, is not a great pass rusher, but he's so good against the run. And when he steps up early in a game and, really prevents a team from running from getting their run game going early in the game. It does wonders for the Ravens down the stretch. I feel like it does. a It gets the rest of the defense confident in their ability to win up front. And that has wink starting to dial up his blitzes that really throw opposing quarterbacks, especially young one like Herbert for a spin. Yeah. I believe Brandon's great at targeting offensive linemen's shoulders and turning them as well. That, that allows movement from every level of defense, but he's just so powerful and smart that, he loses a step. Who cares? Right. <laughs> yeah. And he's still one of the best run defenders in the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. you could go back. I'm sure there's a dozen different stats I could pull up that talk about how many rushing yards the, the Ravens give up when Williams is and is not in the lineup. And so, you know, yeah, it's a passing league, but teams are still going to try and run the ball, especially when the Ravens missed as many tackles as they have, um, especially last week. And so to have him step up so early was just phenomenal. And it's also nice to see a guy that's been with the team for so long continue to be such a reliable player. Moving on to uh, next week's matchup against the Bengals. What are you looking forward to against Joe Burrow and that Cincinnati offense? You know, he's, he's good. <laughs> you got to say that. Um, I did see today he's at, he has seven picks. So one thing Wink has the ability to do is sometimes mess with these young quarterbacks. You saw it with Herbert a little bit. Burrow still doesn't have a whole lot of games under his belt, so hopefully we can shake up him a little bit as well and and make some mistakes happen because he's a very good thrower. Yeah, and I felt the Ravens did well against him last season, Mm -hmm. throwing some blitzes he hadn't seen yet in his career uh, against him and really making life hard for him, making life hard for 
opposing quarterback seems to be the Ravens MO at this point. And I'm curious to see what they throw at Burrow, especially in reference to what they did last year. How is Wink going to change things up? Because Burrow has taken that sophomore leap this year. He is seeing the game better. Um, but how are we still going to force him into those mistakes? Because again, turnovers, I think, are the best way to help the Ravens offense dominate time of possession, which is what they did on Sunday. Against the Cincinnati defense, you know, they've had a sneaky good defense this year. I think they'll come in with a good game plan against the Ravens. I'm just curious to see if their personnel can actually pull it off because they haven't had the toughest schedule either. What do you think? Yeah, I, I saw that they're ranked seventh in DVOA from Football Outsiders. So it is a good, solid defense, and they made some nice additions this offseason. I still think they can be beat with speed. Um, and the hope is the Ravens can get up a little bit and then lean on them with some power. Yeah, and I think that's I think that seems to be you know the Ravens' game plan against teams that stack the run, which is we're just so much faster than you in the passing game and in the running game that we're going to be by you before you know it. If you put eight guys up at the line of scrimmage, that's only three guys that we have to beat down the field. And, and that's not super hard. Um, Hollywood Brown is proving that that is not a super hard thing for him to do. And so I think it's really going to come down to the Ravens' ability to get ahead early and force Burrow into taking shots downfield. And then it's going to be up to the secondary to defend a really good trio of receivers this season in Boyd Higgins and, of course, the rookie Jamar Chase. Yeah, I like that matchup, though. I like Marlon on Chase. I think he can be physical with them. Uh, he's still going to have his hands full. We, we know what kind of talent he is. And, you know, I don't even like to bring up Boyd's name anymore, but uh, we know he's a dangerous player. Yeah, <laughs> Boyd's killed the Ravens in the past, memorably uh, on New Year's Eve a couple of years ago, kept him yeah. out of the playoffs. But I do think that the Ravens will win this matchup uh, pretty comfortably and hold on to sole possession of the AFC North. Darren, any final thoughts before we log off? No, it's been a blast. It was a great football game to come and talk about. And uh, let's hope there's a lot more weeks like this. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. And thanks to everyone for listening. Have a good week.